0: Hello, Koshy here with a small favour. Each year we run a subscriber survey to help us understand our audience and what we can do to help you be a better investor. I'd love you to fill it out. You can find it at ausbiz.co.survey or follow the link in the program notes. To sweeten the deal, there are some great prizes on offer, including lunch with the AusBiz experts. Thanks for doing that. Now enjoy the call. (music) hello everyone welcome to the afternoon here on ausbiz great to have you company for the next hour or so for a program we term the call 10 stocks that uh, you suggest we take a look at i put them to two experts we do it all in 60 minutes a lot of fun on this day where uh markets are up one percent in the middle of the day after a big turnaround on uh, the american share market last night volatility continues well, before last night, the, market, uh, the American market was down 4% this week. It was up 2% like just last night. It's just mind boggling the volatility at the moment. Uh, and two experts today, uh, two terrific fellas that I always love their insight. Carl Kapalinga from Think Markets, uh, based over in WA there. Carl, good to see you. And
1: um, Good afternoon, Goshi.
0: And expect uh, Carl was just. We're just connecting with Carl during the break and 39, 40 degrees tomorrow. Um, Here in Sydney, we're swimming uh, underwater with our homes. I have a wife in Perth at the moment, visiting the grandkids, snorkeling and having fish and chips by the water, beautiful. Um, If you want some rain, Carl, we
1: can send it your way. (laughs) No, we'd love some. Haven't had any for about (laughs) six months, gosh, Ian. Won't get any for about three, so. I know, it's been amazing um david
0: lane have you survived in brisbane there for a more minute
2: yes yeah we've been uh we've been all right i suppose compared to the the rest of the eastern seaboard and and uh the rest of brisbane last week so yeah Yeah. be careful what you wish for you don't necessarily want the rain that we've we've Uh, had here it's
0: been extraordinary all right let's get into uh into the market a lot to get through with uh, these two guys today Um, First half hour, we're going to be covering CSL, carsales.com, Harmony, uh, Bega, and Pact. A great cross-section of stocks to take a look at. Uh, Stock of the day, um, thought we'd talk about uh, Wally, um, one of the companies affected by uh, the Ukraine-Russia crisis. Uh, Wally has said um, it is uh, exiting its operations over there. The company says it will not enter into any new contracts in the country, but says the withdrawal will not be material to its global business. Shares dipping slightly in this morning's trade. Um, Carl, what do you think of Wally and and more importantly, um, sort of some of the, uh, the the ramifications of operations of other big companies. Um, they're not big players like Apple, Disney, IKEA, have all given. Uh, Russia, the shrug, but you know that's a ripple effect with companies all around the world, isn't
1: it? Look, yeah, I totally agree. And uh, look, full credit to Wally for for taking these steps. As you say, it's not going to be material to their operations. Um, You know, stocks down a bit today, but it's bounced back really from those lows. So I think markets going to take it, um, take this announcement in their stride. More broadly speaking, you're right. I mean, Aviva uh, pulled out. Uh, might have been yesterday or the day before. They're not buying any crude. Uh, Perth Mint's pulled out. Um, Australian yeah. Super said they're going to divest any anything to do with Russia. Uh, Twiggy Forest uh, said uh, any profits out of Russia is, is you know, quote-unquote blood money. So, yeah, I, th- I think Australian corporates are going to going toe the line here for good reason, and, uh, you yeah, know, there are probably many more announcements like this to come. Yeah. Uh, with respect to Wally look, I, I think there's a you know there's decent business there. It's, uh, it, it's had a tough time, obviously, uh, as... Yeah, there's there's been uh, underinvestment, let's call it, in uh, the energy sector for the last few years, and that's been a major part of what they do. Uh, they have struggled, but you a know, nice repivot uh, more into sort of the ESG, sustainables, yeah. renewable space. It's about a third of their business now. And uh, let's face it, you know, if, if anything, this current crisis has, has shown us we we still uh, need oil uh, to to or, or and other forms of um, you know carbon based energy to keep the lights on. Uh, and to keep us warm and to drive our cars around uh, until some of those other solutions come through. So um, you're looking at their sort of last uh, half results and and sort of the four-year results before that. They 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 do appear to be teaming the quarter, uh, winning new projects, lots of um, projects in the pipeline. Valuation doesn't look too stretched here. We've got it, um, our target price is about 10%. Or 11%, uh, give or take, was today Today it's down a little bit uh, higher than where it is. Chart's starting to look good. You can see there yeah. um, that sort of big double bottom in the middle. So you look at September, December. Importantly, that second low is higher than the first low from a technical basis. So that tells you that people are back into buying the dip. Um, bottom, left, top, right for the rest of it. So pretty happy with it, actually. I'd, I'd be comfortable adding this to a, you know, a, a, even a longer term portfolio. Is, um, I don't know if it's core, core holding, but probably... Um, you know, a, a half of a core, core holding and see how it goes uh, okay. as
2: all prices continue to, to perform well.
0: All right. David, what do you think of Wally?
2: Yeah, it, it's it's a very good business and it's uh, done very, very well in terms of the share price recently. Uh, but we we're actually a little bit disappointed with their result. Uh, the result was a little bit below our expectations and reduced the the recommendation to a lighten on Wally now lighten really means that if you're currently a shareholder of Wally it's worthwhile taking some profits at current levels reducing your holding there doesn't necessarily mean selling out of it altogether but just reducing the holding Uh, I guess one of the issues with Wally is that that the longer term uh, uh, really needs capital investment to generate their their returns because they they assist in uh, in providing major projects, and uh, given the the long term view on hydrocarbons, it's looking more and more difficult to get that capital. So we see that. Uh, it will be, a in spite of the, the fact that we've got a very strong oil price at the moment, longer term it will be difficult to get funding for a, a number of those major projects. So I uh, think that current prices, we take advantage of the, the stronger okay. share price and, and take a few profits on them.
0: All right, take some profits on Worley. Uh, let's get into the stocks you want me to put to our expert panel. Uh, David, Letts, uh, Georgie wants a view on CSL. The big uh, healthcare, blood plasma, vaccine uh, business. That only a year ago um, we were told here on the call by some of our panel, look, if CSL shares get below 300 bucks, they're always a buy. Keep it in proportion and waiting to your portfolio. Blimey, yep. they've been under 300 for a long time now, haven't they?
2: they certainly have yes yeah uh and it's a great business it's it's an australian based business but it's a global business and it is a global leader in in plasma based um, uh, therapy and uh, we see it as being a a very good long-term growth stock Uh, as you say historically or in recent times it's been attractive below 300 dollars still sitting uh, about 259 or 260 at the moment. Uh, we've got an accumulate recommendation on it, uh, which again means y- you can continue to, to buy it at current prices, but it's not extraordinary value where it is. The thing about CSL is that they do trade on a high PE with a low dividend yield because it is a growth stock. So yeah. although it trades on a PE of around 29 times at the moment, the forecast is that it should grow its earnings by about 30% in the next 12 months. So. That's really what you're looking for out of CSL is a continuation of them uh, growing their earnings. Um, they've had a bit of a, a dip in their earnings over the last 12, 18 months due to COVID. But now that uh, we're moving out of lockdowns and uh, they're moving around the, the world, uh, their, their plasma collections are starting to improve uh, further.
0: Yeah, okay. Uh, Carl, what do you think of uh, CSL? What do the charts tell you? They they also, uh, this issue with uh, getting blood or plasma in America, you pay people uh, to donate blood, unlike here and with lockdowns that uh, uh, that stopped that supply, which affected them a bit too, didn't
1: it? Yeah, look, absolutely. They've had a bit of a tough time during the pandemic, just basically due to, to social mobility, the ability for people to get down to those centres and donate blood. And it's, um, you know... It, 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 part of the mobility problem was um uh, the closure of the mexican border at one stage so a lot of the um, you know mexicans would, would go across the border for the day donate blood get paid for that and then and then head back down so mm-hmm. look a lot of that's going to back out um mm-hmm. in the process they've added a bunch of new um collection centers and i want to say something like 70 or 80 over the last sort of 12 to 18 months uh to increase you know the ability to get that blood but with that comes increased costs as well and that's kind of been uh, the bugbear of the results so of the last few halves so it's you know it's it's one of low plasma collections and of course they need those um that plasma to make all of these fantastic products that they produced um, at, at the end of the day um so high cost low plasma protections but the good news is it's starting to back out and i think um yeah look i think uh that we're on the right side of, and i'm sort of hesitating there because it's always risky to call <laughs> these things in the middle of a pandemic but i think we are on the right side of this Um, David mentions that, you know, CSL tends to trade on a high PE. And, and, you know, but it's been in in the 40s. It's been, you know, 40s for a long time. As long as I can remember, you you know, the market's generally been happy to pay 40 times earnings for CSL. It's currently down around uh, in the 30s now. So it's a low 30s. I'm going to say it's... um, 32, I think my notes have got here uh, for current FY. So you're actually getting it at, at the cheapest multiple in probably the last five years. So I don't think it's crazy expensive. Um, at the start of, uh, you know, in your introduction, you mentioned how um, us experts, you know, we get up here talking heads on TV and we say things like if CSL gets below a certain number, then buy it. Look, in the defence of uh, my fellow experts, Goshie, uh, we, we did know that they were going to um, pull the you know, uh, pull the trigger on this VIFOR acquisition. Uh, And it's it's, it's a massive one. So they had to raise a lot of money to do that. And typically when you're raising such um, a a large some of money. And because of the uh, the issues with sort of Swiss laws and takeovers, they had to get it done really quickly. So a, a big amount of cash in a quick amount of time means a big discount to the share price. And that's why I got knocked around. So um, the ins- institutions got in at 273. Mums and dads got in at 253. And yeah. I think that will show out as being a, a bit of a bargain. Um, they've got a history of doing this. So with uh, Bearing Securus, you know, uh, big issuances, big discounts. And then, you know, obviously bouncing back from there. Look, we like the stock. I'd I'd ordinarily call it a buy. And I have earlier in the year, uh, just after uh, those issuances. We're probably more at a hold now, though. We're telling clients just on the basis of the charts. The chart worries me at the end of the day. I can talk, wax lyrical all day about how how much I love CSL. And I do. But if the market's not seeing that and the market's pushing that price down, I just have to exercise some caution for clients. So, you know, I'm going to call it a hold it if you've got it. It's not a buy for me just yet. Okay.
0: All right. Reva wants a view on car sales. Carl, this is the uh, uh, the online car trading platform, uh, which has been so successful um, and uh, had a pretty decent rise today at the moment. So yeah, tech big stocks big pop back today. in favour. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of car sales?
1: Yeah. I, I, I... I've been in my The Call research bubble this morning, so I haven't had a chance to check out whether there was any news behind it. But it could just be, as you say, just back to risk on. And, and it just, yeah. uh, you mentioned at the start of today's show, well, I see, the
0: I RE, up almost 5% too. So those, yeah. uh, those tech stocks have had a really bounce, good bounce back after being battered for a while.
1: Well, I, look, i tell you what, Kashi. So I track um, the average one-year forward PE for the various sectors in the Australian market. And if you go back to the 22nd of November, 2021, okay? That was right. the absolute top of the NASDAQ. Our technology stocks were trading on a one-year forward P of about 78 times earnings, which is Astronomical. If you go for the uh, look at the three years uh, prior to the pandemic, they were trading on about sort of um, 36 to 40 times earnings. So, you know, still high there. The, the rule of thumb is 15 is fair value, right? But tech stocks, high growth, yep. they tend to deserve higher multiples. But eight, you know, close to 80 is is eye watering to say the least. Now, the 22nd uh, of November, koshi do you know what what was the the significant event that occurred on that day apart from the Nasdaq making its all time high? Not what? Okay give you one guess. So Jerome Powell got reappointed as chairman of the Federal Reserve ah. on that day. And he switched almost overnight. In, in fact, in his acceptance speech, he switched from ultra dove, you know, keeping interest rates low, money pumping forever to ultra hawk as in, you know, we've got to get on top of inflation. And that basically uh, caused the unraveling of this this tech bubble, unfortunately. So um, technology stocks trading on a one year forward uh, PE multiple of, of about 36 times now. Mm. So, um, yeah, much, much cheaper. Mm. And I think um, you, you, you could say, well, there's this potential there for some bargains to be found. And if you're going to look for bargains, I think car sales is, is a good place to do it. Um, like CSL, it's trading at its lowest multiple over the last five years. Uh, we think there's uh, some upside in the, t- in the in the fair value target from here. So we've got uh, 22.63. I know it's popped a bit today, but there's still probably about 10%. Reasonable dividend yield, about 3%. Um, a really solid business. It, it's not just cars, obviously. It's caravans and motorbikes yeah. and boats and other other things. Um, so fairly diversified within that product suite. They, they, they've got the market. Let's face it, there is daylight between them and yeah. and number two, um, and it, it's geographically spread now as well. So look, love, 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 love the business. But as I'm gonna say lots of times today, just have to get back to that chart, don't I? And um, whilst today's um, move up is a step in the right direction, off $20, which is a key support level, I need to see more. So I need to see, um, if we get, get back to higher peaks and higher troughs. Lower peaks and lower troughs is what we've got now. That's sell the rally. I wanna see buy the dip. It tells me the money's starting to come back in and then maybe I could get to a buy. But for now, on the basis of the quality, I'd go hold. Okay. Uh,
0: David, Carlos Silas?
2: Yeah, car sales, uh, don't really see any reason uh, for it to be jumping today. There doesn't seem to be any any news other than, as you said, the, the overall uh, tech sector having a bit of a rally. Um, we actually have a lighten on car sales at the moment. They're trading close to our target price of 21.71. Uh, it is a, a good business, but I think it's really had the tailwind over the last 12 to 18 months with the the demand for used cars uh, coming out of COVID. Uh, So probably one that that I wouldn't necessarily be jumping towards at the moment. But then having said that in the the very short term, with what we've seen across the East Coast with the floods, there's obviously gonna be a a big increase of demand for used cars. So we, we could well see Uh, an increase in demand for their services over the next uh, few months. But uh, yeah, probably on a valuation point of view, one that we'd um, steer clear of at the moment.
0: Yeah, take some profits on. Uh, David, Henry wants a view on Harmony, the uh, online uh, personal lender here in Australia and New Zealand, mainly uh, personal unsecured loans.
2: Yeah, yeah, Harmony's, uh, a very good business, very interesting business. We've got a, a buy recommendation on it. Um, it is a high-risk business because it, uh, it it's a small cap and they've made some acquisitions recently which uh, add to their, their overall stable. Um, but we, we like Harmony. Got a target price of, of $2.42 on it, so it means uh, a yeah, potential wow. upside of, of 80% uh, from yeah. where they're currently trading. But as I say, it is a speculative uh company but yeah one of the the disruptors in the the financial sector
0: yep um carl what do you think of harmony
1: uh well straight off i don't like that chart that was just on screen <laughs> so i like them bottom left top right and that one's a bit uh, top left bottom right um so it's a fairly new company i think they floated back in november 2020 issue price at 3.40 uh so currently around about a dollar 30 ish i think um uh, is is a bit of a disappointment there, I guess, if you got in the flow, and that is a bit a bit tricky. Sometimes with these floats, they can be priced for perfection, um, and and with a little bit of hype around them, you, you, you tend to underperform. Um, where do we go from here? Look, I, I think there's there's a decent business there. It's just about finding um, the business or getting the business at the right price. So uh, it's it's all about scale right now. So as you said, mm-hmm. they are, are ramping up here in Australia. It uh, was originally a New Zealand company. It is dual listed on both exchanges, and the idea is to go directly to consumer. So it's not about uh, necessarily getting your um, uh, your your uh, mortgage, uh, mortgage 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 mortgage. Mortgage, what are these guys called? The ones that. Uh, refinance, do the refinance, mortgage. mortgage broker. Mortgage brokers, got yep. it. Couldn't remember the, the mortgage <laughs> brokers. There's mortgage brokers out there, of course, uh, sourcing these loans. Um, they're going to go straight to consumer. It's all online. Um, so it's an interesting model right now because it's a. Uh, Fairly much, just getting going. It's about, as I said, uh, getting enough people on the platform uh, to cross over that uh, that that pro, you know, positive profit threshold, which they're probably going to do sometime over the next couple of halves. Um, and you're paying about thirty times FY '23 earnings, um, which is high for, for for this type of business. Typically, this mm-hmm. business you're looking to pay um, you know ten to twelve, you uh-huh. know fifteen if it's got incredible growth. Um, so so it does bring the valuation down for us on that basis. So. Um, look, I think they'll do the things they're going to, going to do. I just don't think I like the price uh, valuation at the moment. So uh, we've got a fair value target of $1.39, which is about 4% upside from the current price. So we think it's fairly valued at this point. The chart, I think, kind of tells you that it was too expensive at the start. Uh, and therefore, uh, given that the, the chart is so unspiring, the valuation is about right. Um, I don't think I'm at a hold on this one, just on the basis that uh, why would you own something that's fairly valued and in a downtrend? Uh, so I'm going to go sell.
0: Okay, all right
1: um darren
0: wants a view uh carl on bega uh the big dairy group cheese group also uh own vegemite um as yep. well and had a big stash with stashwood craft didn't they over their peanut butter <laughs> not so long yeah. ago which they, which they won
1: hmm. they won that one yeah got away with that one um look uh, look here's, here's the this is my big problem with with bigger right now so we've talked about uh csl right so csl yep. we're looking at their margins um are about 33 so ebitda margins 33 uh, percent car sales ebitda margin 55 percent mm. uh bga e, ebitda margin seven and a half percent okay so it's 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 a business that okay. is uh high volume Low profit. Uh, look at their return on equity. What they, uh, how much they squeeze out of their assets. CSL about 20% it was 30% pre-pandemic. We know it's suppressed at the moment. Car sales 24%. You know, Bega at 4%. Um, so it's it's just not the type of business that excites me. Um, it's not going to have the growth that's going to get me uh, sort of to tell clients, hey, this is one we're going to, you know, we're going to put our hard earned cash on. I don't think it's expensive. Having said that, it's probably around about fair value. The chart is uninspiring, as we can see, another one of those uh, top left, bottom rights. And I know people get a bit cranky when I say, oh, there's a good business there, but the chart doesn't look good. And, you know, uh, I could be wrong. Uh, I'm, I'm one person analysing a company. The market is thousands and thousands of highly trained analysts. Analyzing a company, all right. So that's why we have to say, well, whatever I think um, is less important than what the market thinks. So I'm going to go with the market's view on this one, uh, and say that with uh, limited growth options and a terrible chart, I can't see any reason to have in your portfolio. So I'm going to go sell.
2: Okay, David. Yeah, I tend to agree with a lot of what Carl said, and it's it's all about the margins that they're result was a little bit below our expectations and they did have issues with supply chain and, and increasing costs. So with those lower margins, it's difficult to to, to generate a, a stronger a profit. So we've got a whole recommendation on the business. Um, it, it is an interesting business. And I guess that the name suggests that it's just a, a, a bigger cheese business, but it is actually global. They They export to 40 countries around mm-hmm. the world as you said, they've got Vegemite and peanut butter and a range of other products. So it's uh, it's an interesting business, but, yeah, one that we'd have a hold on at the moment and wouldn't be rushing to buy it.
0: Okay. All right. Um, Steve wants a view, David, on PACT, the uh, the big packaging group uh, there in um, rigid plastic packaging. So that's sort of your Coke bottles and things like that, isn't
2: it? Um, yeah, yeah. And, and, and your peanut butter jars and your Vegemite yeah, yep. jars and Cans various things well. like that. Yep. Yeah, yeah, we like PACT, we've got a, a, a buy recommendation on them. Um, it is a very disrupted industry, uh, but PACT is one of the, the leaders uh, across across Asia, uh, and you know, we've got a target price of $3.10 on there, so a reasonable upside on that, and it also pays a, a decent dividend yield, so PACT are paying a dividend yield of about 4.5%. Um, they've had struggles in recent years but we are anticipating that they're they're through those struggles and that their uh profit or return to profitability this year and uh think that the outlook for, for pact is fairly positive
0: right okay um carl what do you think of pact
1: yeah look it's been a tough time for them so uh they're um, they're, they're one of the the losers out of this um, you know su- supply chain disaster that is occurring and and probably ongoing now with what's going on with uh, Russia and Ukraine, uh, input costs spiking. They you know they're price takers in a lot of these inputs, which then become um, you know uh, the package packaging that we see in in, in supermarkets uh, as an endpoint. Uh, so it, it, look, they, they've had a tough time. I, I think uh, what what what's really great about this business, and I think if you've got it, what you're going to look forward to is the fact that they are um, making this, this substantial switch into more of this uh, uh, this circular economy. So um, uh, recycling uh, packaging, using more recycled uh, components to, to, to create these. And there is a big demand out there um, for this type of packaging from uh, their, their end users. I don't think it's crazy expensive here. I think um, it's trading at about 10 times uh, this year's earnings, which, you know, ordinarily sounds cheap. You know, we had CSL trading at about 32 or 33, uh, but pre-COVID it was trading on about five or six. So uh, whilst, say, CSL and uh, car sales are are at the bottom end of, say, their five-year multiple um, range, and you're probably getting a little bit of a discount there because of current circumstances, maybe this one's um, closer to the top end. as David says, look, an attractive yield, about 4%. It's only 65%, Frank, though, so keep that in mind if you're a super fund. Um, but otherwise, look, a, a, a solid and improving business. You can see what how, how tough... A time they've had on the chart. So the chart is just a reflection of their earnings. So over that period that we can see there, you know, earnings uh, have not been on an upward trajectory, in in fact, quite the opposite. And the charts is reflecting that we can see maybe it's turning the corner, but I can't go with maybe for my clients. I need, you know, I need, I I, I don't need certainty, but I need, uh, you know, significant significant confidence that this one's turning the corner Uh, with, again, decent business, but with the chart still pretty much top left, bottom right, I can't call it a buy. I'm going to just sneak in with a hold
0: okay all right let's recap the uh, the first first five stocks plus our stock of the day Worley, um, um Carl likes it at, at, at these levels um, David at Ords is saying take some profits off the top of Wally because it's had a good run uh, CSL a hold from Carl uh, an accumulate from uh, from David uh, car sales a hold from uh, Carl take some profits. Um, from David. Harmony a sell from Carl um, uh, Ord's have got a buy on Harmony. Uh, Bigger a hold from um, from David at Ord's and a sell from Carl and uh, a hold on Pact from Carl and a buy from David. Uh, here at the call we've been uh, following our, our new uh, fantasy portfolio our uh, investment committee uh, meant to put it Um, underway and you can catch up with the discussions of the investment committee on how they put the portfolio together um, online on the platform now on the oddsbiz platform. Let's take a look at the uh, how the portfolio looks at the moment. Uh, BHP, Macquarie, Minres, Steadfast, Aristocrat, Ordinate, CSL, NextDC and Universal Stores. Um, They've got a sort of half allocation if you like on Qantas and Frontier Digital Ventures, uh, the portfolio's got 20% in cash. And um, all of the calls, unanimous buys or u- unanimous sells, if it relates to a, a stock all, uh, already in the portfolio, go to the Investment Committee, which will meet at the end of this month, beginning of next month, and uh, see how they should um, look at the composition of the portfolio. Um, will they take the recommendations from the calls analyst? and uh, look into things like portfolio uh, structures, timing, all that sort of thing. All the things that you should be looking out for in terms of how you should be investing. So it's really taking it one step further in terms of how you should look at investings and take the recommendations of our experts here on the call. So uh, see what the Investment Committee has been doing on the platform. Let's get stuck into the second half of the call. Uh, this half hour will be taking a look at JB Hi-Fi, Red 5, uh, Rio Tinto, Pletcher Group and New Farm. All right, Carl, uh, JB Hi-Fi, uh, Richard wants a view on uh, how you see it, one of a bit of a darling here on, uh, on the call over the last couple of years.
1: Yeah, look, and so it should be. You know, they've done really well. And uh, one of the few companies to continue to grow earnings through, through a pandemic. So, you know, full credit uh, to management for pulling that off. Of course, it helped that we all got stuck at home and we had to upgrade all of our um, electronic devices. But having said that, look, you know, um, if you look at their, their last half, they're still saying that, that demand for uh, personal gadgets and, and the like is, is still very, very strong. And uh, when are we not going to continue to upgrade you know our, our, our little bits and pieces that we that that keep us happy on a day-to-day basis whether it be on on the train or uh, or, or or otherwise in, in indisposed goshy you know what I mean so yep. um, look the, the other thing look I hadn't thought of it until you mentioned it uh, earlier on in in the session about uh, all the, the various floods on the east Coast and maybe the, there could be a bunch of insurance claims there uh, for for, for big screen TVs and, 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 and anything that got caught underwater. So that could be uh, uh, helpful for them. But I do think this this broader work from home theme um, is going to continue. And I think, you know, look, we're probably towards the end of it, but there's there's enough in there to, to keep earnings flat. I think that's the key with JB Hi-Fi. So brokers are a little bit bearish on this one. They're kind of saying, well, earnings are going to uh, back off by up to about 10% for, the, for this full year and then, you know, sort of 3% the next year and flat for the next couple. So anything JB Hi-Fi can do to beat those expectations is going to provide upside for the share price. So if they don't uh, come off by 10%, and um, the last half was only down by 1.6%. By the way, uh, you know anything anything better than. The, the, the negative expectations could see the up, uh, an upside pop in the share price and a little bit of a re-rating. Look, we, we do like it here. We don't think there's uh, oodles and oodles um, in it in terms of the evaluation. We're, we're about we're about $54. The stock's trading at about 50 at the moment, um, but it does have a nice dividend yields, um, you know, about sort of two, um, uh, sorry, 5% fully frank. So, you know, with with a few bucks upside, plus the dividend uh, and a chart that is starting to improve uh, I'm going to go buy, but it's only okay. just a buy because the chart is sort of just turning up. But I think, um, you could, well, let's call it an ad um, or a nibble. Uh, okay, kind of like that. I'll call it a nibble. All right. Yep, yeah, yeah. nibble it is.
0: Um, David, it's um, where was already it it has sales the highest sales per square meter of any other retailer in the world or something, uh, which you can believe when you go into a JB Hi-Fi store, yeah. you get bombarded with everything.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, they've done exceptionally well, and their, their model works um, very, very well. Uh, it's a great business. It's it's one that we like. It's a, a cool retail holding that we have in many of our client portfolios and, and still do have a buy recommendation on it. Uh, Carl mentioned the, the impact of the floods and bearing in mind that JB Hi-Fi uh, not just has JB Hi-Fi, but also has good guys. So they have the the ability to to tap into not only the, the big screen TVs and the like, but then also the washing machines and dryers and fridges and all those sorts of things that are going to need to be replaced over the next few months. So certainly I think they'll get a bit of a kick from the, uh, from the floods uh, across the eastern seaboard um but i guess jb hi-fi is is probably a very good example of um why you need to deal with an advisor and why you need to actually look at it for your own personal circumstances because we do have a buy recommendation on the stock but they do also have a an off-market share buyback on so that will depend upon whether uh you're holding the, the the stock in in your uh, existing portfolio and where that's actually held. Because for some clients, if it's held in individual names or company names, the share buyback won't be appealing. But if it's held in a super fund, and particularly if it's in pension phase, that may well be very appealing for you. So certainly a a good case study in, in why you need to deal with a financial advisor.
0: Right, yeah, okay. So you've still got a buy on it though?
2: Yes, we do. At yeah, we, we think that it's a good stock uh, target price at $57 on it. Right. And as Carl mentioned, a very good dividend yield as well.
0: Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, Carl, our next stock uh, that viewers have sent in is Red 5, uh, a gold explorer over, uh, over your way. Projects in the eastern gold fields of uh, WA and also in the Philippines.
1: Yeah, look, absolutely. I actually know the, uh, the person who coined the name Red 5. Uh, yeah. And he just he, he just thought it sounded good, by the way. <laughs> so <he> was, <laughs> right. um, it was something else before that, and then they, they renamed it. And he had he had a bunch of the stuff. Uh, an old uh, stockbroking friend of mine over here in WA, uh, but it's been a long time coming. I mean, we're talking about 20 years ago that I think they changed the name. Uh, but they, they've they've they're getting close to launching uh, themselves into the lower echelon of mid-tier Australian gold producer, Koshi, Uh, which is not such a bad thing when gold prices uh, are not doing too badly right now at all. Um, So we're talking, uh, once this, um, their their new mine, that's uh, just literally about to, um, well, they're actually starting to mine, but they're just working on commissioning the other bits and bobs that uh, will will process the ore. We should have our first pour probably in the next couple of months even. Uh, but, uh, once this uh, mine, it's, it's about, um, so there's Kalgoorlie and then if you, you head about 240 k's north, you get, um, Leonora and then you go a bit further that way you get Laverton. So it's very much in the heart of, um, right. you know, our, our mining belt over here. Um, so close to infrastructure and all of those sorts of things. Um, we're going to have about 230, 240,000 ounces in total of, of which about 176,000 coming from King of the Hill. The other one, uh, coming from Darlow, which is, um, literally just up the road. Uh, Pretty low cost producers sort of around about that thirteen to fourteen hundred dollars Australian mark. Of course, selling uh, you know in the high two um, thousands now. So there's going to be some money there and some good cash flows. Obviously, not making um, money now. They're about you know fairly cash flow neutral on. Um, the, their existing production. They've got some royalties coming out of the Philippines. They just divested um, uh, an operation there and got plenty of cash in the bank. And, you know, look, overall, I think it looks pretty good here. Um, but what viewers need to understand is that it's not going to be one of those uh, 30 cent to $3 jobs, uh, because I think there's about 2.4 billion shares on issue, oh,
2: which wow. reflects
1: uh, how long it's been around, how many times they've had to raise capital uh, to get this thing to finally uh, become successful. Uh, now, I started uh, tweeting about this one. Ooh, uh, in fact, I, I was on Osby's. I've, I've called this one a yep. buy on Osby's, I think from about the mid 20s. I've tweeted about it. It's been my feature stock on, on Twitter for many, many occasions. So it's gone for about 26. It's in the in the high 30s now. We've got a valuation of 44 cents, but it's a pretty conservative valuation. It's based upon $1,800 ounce US. So right. we're at $2,000 an ounce. There's some upside there. It could trip. Our, our target could get into you know maybe maybe get towards 50 but it won't be uh, in the dollars simply because there's too much uh, paper around but hey we like it. It, it look it's a hold it if you've bought it based upon my past recommendations uh, and i still think it's a buy on the basis of there's a bit more upside in it and hey gold's on the way up okay david
2: yeah I agree it's uh it's a speculative buy from us it's a very good um you know company and, and one of our preferred small cap miners or small cap gold miners um, having said that, though our target price is forty cents, and they're currently trading at thirty-seven, they've they've rallied very strongly in the last few weeks, uh, with the gold price improving. So, um, yeah, probably not a lot of upside in the short term, but that depends upon where the gold price goes. But definitely uh, a stock if you if you haven't already got it in your portfolio, and you you are looking for a, a speculative punt, um, that's the sort of stock that that we like. Um, but maybe see if you can get it a little bit cheaper uh if there's a bit of a softness over the coming weeks
0: okay all right let's go from uh, one end of the resources scale to to the other (laughs) and uh david mitch wants a view on uh on rio tinto the the massive conglomerate
2: yes yeah massive as you say massive business a global business and uh a core of most of our client portfolios and, and certainly a core of many portfolios around Australia. Um, Rio is an excellent business. They've benefited very, very strongly from the the improvement in the iron ore price over the last couple of years. Uh, But we've got a hold recommendation on at the moment, uh, medium risk. So really that means if you've got it in your portfolio, happy to keep holding it, happy to get the dividend yield, uh, but don't see any short-term catalysts as to, as to be buying it at the moment. Uh, if there is a, a weakness in the share price, that would be a time to, to look at buying it, but uh, certainly don't have any issues with with holding it in a portfolio long term. Um, Rio and BHP and Fortescue over recent years have become very good income players. They're, they're paying out good dividends. But it is important to note that the dividends are actually declining. So last year, Rio paid out about eight and a half percent this year. We're forecasting dividend yield of about six point two percent. Fully frank, still a very, very, very good yield, but it's not continuing to to pay out at the the high rate that it it once did.
0: David, a lot of people weigh up Rio or BHP, don't they?
2: Mm, They do. Have
0: you got a preference?
2: Uh, Well, at the the moment, we have to have a, a preference towards Rio, partly because uh, JP Morgan, who we associate with in terms of our research, were involved in the, the demerger between BHP and, and Woodside. Right. So that means that officially we can't have a view on BHP. Ah, right. okay. um, but right. To be honest, in, in most client portfolios, we will have both in, in there. Right.
1: Okay. Carl? Yeah, look, Hey. Hate- what Aussie portfolio doesn't have BHP and Rio Tinto yeah. in it, Koshy and probably some <laughs> yep. Portisqueu as well. Um, look, I, if yeah, from my view would be BHP would get the nod just on the basis. So I think there's more diversification uh, within BHP, even obviously after they're spinning off their um, energy uh, or oil assets to Woodside uh, and some good exposure to nickel, which uh, Rio um, Tinto actually doesn't have a lot of nickel. They've got a couple of projects sort of in the offing. Uh, but no direct exposure at the moment. Uh, definitely uh, exposure to aluminium, aluminium prices uh, booming at the moment. Big exposure to copper, copper prices firming. Uh, But we can talk all day and all night about uh, these other peripheral metals because it really all comes down to iron ore with Rio Tinto, doesn't it? And I guess if you've got to um, decide, if you're deciding today and people watch this show, Koshi, to make that decision, should I buy Rio today? You've got to have a view on iron ore uh, down the track. So, just topped 160 a tonne US in Singapore. Pulling back today, note, about down uh, down about 5% in Shanghai today. That's interesting. Not probably the reason for Rio's decline. So you can see a big drop uh, right mm. there at the end of the chart. Uh, and for people that might be sitting down to a baguette on the east coast and uh, probably coughing up half that baguette because they're going, why is my Rio Tinto, <laughs> why is Rio right. Tinto crash today? It's gone X dividend So yes. $6.60, I think, was the dividend. Plus ranking credits, you know, you're close to $9 worth of value there for shareholders. Uh, and that's why it's gone down so don't don't panic okay. too much um, but if we just just pull this back to iron ore and I can probably do this one fairly quickly uh, our view is that iron ore prices will stay uh, stronger for longer now 160 I think is 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 unsustainable I think 150 is unsustainable where we're thinking probably more around that 120 dollar um, dollar a ton mark for the next 12 to 18 months now um, Rio Tinto's pumping the stuff out for about $20 a tonne so they're still going to have profit uh, massive profit margins the dividends are declining a little bit um, because uh, production is coming off a little bit um, but but you know I mean, we talk about cost issues and, and that is probably one of the most substantial issues there and, and obviously in WA the situation is very tight here but look I, I think pricing will, will more than compensate for that and therefore Rio Tinto's going to continue to be a cash cow. If I can say anything for you. Um, if you're worried about it, if it's in your portfolio, look, don't worry too much about it. I think it's gonna be fine. I think David's right, you've got to play the cycle on this one. It's got to pump uh, when iron ore is pumping, it's got to pull back when it's not. And you know, if you don't have it, I think you can buy the dips as well. Look, it's a solid hold for us. It does deserve a place in, in, in your portfolio as a, as a core holding. Yeah. Um, and, and the chart still looks pretty good as well. So you know, tick, tick, tick there, but oh, buy the dips. Jeez, I
0: wish I had a business um that that uh, could have a cost base of 20 bucks and you sell it for 120 um not bad bad. it's pretty good going isn't it um and and people would be disappointed if the iron ore price got down to that um but it's a really cheap producer as is fortescue um isn't it carl it's it's a lower quality but
1: yeah Well, look it's 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 their bull market at the moment, Koshi, and they are doing their best to churn it out. But there are some limitations on that. Yeah. Brazil is still slow to come back. Hey, uh, we didn't even talk about um, Ukraine and Russia. You know, that's, that's about 5% of global uh, iron ore supply coming out of the market. It doesn't sound like much, but in a market that was, you know, pretty tight as it is, um, it, you know, it's, it's, it starts to have an impact. So uh, uh, more of the reasons why we think iron ore prices will stay high. Okay. They're going to ebb and flow. But anything above 100 is a massive bonus yeah. uh, for these guys.
0: Geez, I didn't realise the uh, iron ore implication to Ukraine, Russia. Yeah, yeah but everyone talks about Vale in uh, in South America, but but not there. That's interesting. All right, Jack, wants a view, um, uh, David, on Plexure Group? This is a, this is like a, um, a sort of telco software business, is it? They have a... Uh, yeah. customer relationship management, the system that allows retailers to connect with customers on their different devices.
2: That's right. Yes, it's, it's a fascinating business because yeah. it's one that you don't necessarily know the name of, but most people will have seen it. So their, their major customer is actually McDonald's. So they provide the, the um, platform mobile app, um, ordering system for McDonald's around the world. So in 64 different countries. Uh, it's an interesting business because it's currently going through really a transformation. They've, they've had a, uh, a, a merger uh, and really it was a reverse takeover in some respect with a, a business called Task. Uh, and that business has a similar sort of software package uh, and, and offering that they provide to the likes of Gloria Jeans and Muffin Break and Jamaica Blue, etc. Uh, so it, it is going through a transformation new management in the business, um, and it does mean that they're no longer as reliant on McDonald's, whereas previously McDonald's accounted for about 95% of the, the revenues. Now it comes back to around 50%, uh, and it means that the business will be able to to have further cross-selling opportunities. So it's certainly a, an interesting business. Uh, one that, that isn't producing a profit at this point in time because the, the margins are fairly skinny and one of the issues with their contract with McDonald's is that they're actually responsible, Plecture is actually responsible for some of the costs so they've actually found that, that the increase in data costs has had an impact on, on their uh, earnings so um, one that's in the speculative camp it's it would be a, a long-term play uh, if you were, were wanting to buy it. Um, we've got currently got a, a whole recommendation on it but having said that our recommendation was Uh, when the the share price was at $0.40 and we've got a a long-term target price of of $0.50 on it. We've seen some weakness in the share price recently. It is actually up 11% today. Um, So it's very volatile. But trading at $0.30 at the moment, um, yeah, possibly one that you could look at at adding to a portfolio from a a speculative point of view.
1: Okay. Carl? Yeah, it's a a tricky one. Lots to like in there about, um, you know, what they do with uh, customer engagement, uh, the McDonald's app. As David says, about half their business. But that—that's—and uh, you might look at that and go, "Wow, McDonald's, what a great name!" But then you have to say, "Well, if it's half their business and McDonald's changed their mind or brought that in-house, uh, then that's half their business gone." In fact, uh, McDonald's pulled a couple of projects from them in the last half, and that caused a 37% uh, decrease in in recurring revenue. So that's just how vulnerable they are. And of course, that's why they've um, gone for this uh, task acquisition. So Tarsus is the name of their their point of sale um, services and and, and hardware. Now, the problem with that is that they did this acquisition right in the middle of a chip shortage and they just can't produce these devices. So they're having to tell clients that you're going to have to wait and clients um, tend to get cranky when you do those sorts of things. They actually laid off about a third of their workforce uh, over the last six months just because they're, they're just to try and rebalance or right size or restructure the business uh, until things get going again. So um, I guess at some stage things will get going again. Um, but it, it's, it's just one of those small businesses that just have I just look at it and I just I just go risk risk I'm just counting off risk, 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 risk. And I just can't like it as much as I tried to like it. I can't. It was a $1.20 float uh, that task. Um, uh, it's now at 30 cents. Uh, that's just a disaster for people that got on. Again, I'd just react this idea of just be careful with those floats because often they are priced for perfection. and The people selling them are selling them for good reason. And then you got that task transaction was $120 million. The market cap of the whole thing now is less than that. Um, so it's been a disaster from the start. Um, I, I can't get excited about it. Uh, the chart is a train wreck. It is the worst chart of any of the 10 stocks we've seen today. So on that basis, it, it, I can't call it a hold. And if I can't call it a hold and I wouldn't own it myself, I have to go with a sell.
0: Okay, all right. And our final stock, Amy wants a view on uh, New Farm, Carl, and agricultural stock. It's been going a long time. It's been a long uh, history, has a uh, fertilizer, um, also seed, like a bit of a seed bank for farmers as well.
1: Yeah, so um, they've got some sort of really innovative uh, products in in that space. So obviously increasing uh, yields, um, for you know, for, for putting the same amount of uh, seed in. So farmers love that. They've got a bunch of other, you know, agriculturally focused uh, and productivity-based products. Uh, of course, you know, a lot of these agricultural uh, commodities, the prices are on the up and up at the moment. Again, we keep coming back to what's happening in Europe at the moment as, as exacerbating that. And when farmers are making more money, it gives them more scope to, to, to purchase uh, new farms products. So there are some tailwinds. Behind the business. It has had a tough time outside of, say, the last sort of 12 months, uh, just with, with droughts and, and, and restructurings and things like that. But it does look like they are turning the corner, a bit like sort of Wally Parsons here. Uh, the valuation, though, having said it, has had a bit of a run up. Um, I think I was on about uh, three or four months ago and I've said almost the same thing uh, look, they're turning the corner. Uh, pricing looks attractive, but chart was a bit flat. Now they've sort of um, they've got to our target. So they, so so whilst we think they're turning the corner, the the value is, is 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 no more than fair at the moment. But look on the basis that the chart is turning up, you can see there's potential there. If it breaks out of that little, little range, you can see uh, sort of 2019, uh, 2020, 21. If we can get above say uh, 580, um, there's not a lot yeah. holding this back. So it looks very interesting. I definitely think it's a hold it if you've got it. Um, and then, it, you know, whilst there's a good company there, we can't make it on the valuation, call it a buy. But uh, on a technical basis, just putting the fundamentals aside for momentum players. Now, these are traders who are happy to continue to watch the chart uh, day by day and, and, and trade accordingly and look for those exit signals if they occur to take profits. If it closes above 580, then it would become a, a technical analysis buy for us. So keep an eye uh, on it.
0: OK. All right. David, New Farm.
2: Yeah, similar to Carl's view, I suppose, I, I can't can't get uh, any value out of them at the moment. We've got a, a hold recommendation target price of $5, so they've actually uh, popped up above that at the moment. Uh, the issue, I suppose, longer term is that they've got high capital expenditure uh, forecast that they need to spend about $190 million this year, and they are suffering through supply ch- chain constraints as well. So, rising costs in the business. Uh, it's got forecast earnings growth of around 13%. So it's not bad, um, but just can't, can't get to a, a buy at current levels. Um, so probably wait for a, a bit of a, a weakness in that share price. Okay.
0: All right. Um, so a hold there. Uh, David Lane from Ords in Brisbane. Thank you for your time, sir.
2: I appreciate Enjoy it. Thank you.
0: Uh, Carl, always great to catch up. And uh, Thanks, you can Goshie, stay. follow, follow <laughs> Carl on Twitter. As well, um, uh, particularly if you like your charts. <laughs> you yeah. get a whole bunch Always of them every the... day. It's fabulous. Always right, pumping out the
1: charts, uh, Chris. Yep. Thanks, buddy. Catch you later.
0: Talk to you soon. Um, let's recap the final five stocks JB Hi Fi, a yes from uh, both. Uh, Red Five, a speculative buy from both of them. Um, uh, a junior gold stock that's about to go into production. Uh, Rio, a hold. From uh, from both, if you've got it, Carl. If you if you had to decide between Rio and BHP, prefers BHP because it's a bit more diverse. sure uh, a um, a uh, a no from Carl and a speculative buy from uh, from David and New Farm a hold from both. Um, Carl making the point on the chart if New New farm share price gets above 580 that's the magic figure uh then it would be a technical buy on the uh, on the chart so if you're interested in that sort of thing uh watch that if you'd like uh, any stocks uh put to our expert panel uh just email them to me and um using um uh, the call at osbiz.com.au or if you're going to use twitter Use the at ausbiz TV handle. You can see all the stocks in the calls fantasy portfolio at osbiz.co forward slash portfolio. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, one hundred thousand mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do